Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Is there any place left for conservative politics in Australia? The New South Wales election results suggest not, with the entire mainland now red, with Labor in power everywhere except Tasmania. Today, a public policy expert on why coalition parties have lost touch with what most voters want. I'm Ariadne Vroman. I'm a professor of public administration at the Crawford School at Australian National University. Ariadne, it seems like Australians are having a bit of a love affair with the Labor Party at the, the first moment. Time since Kevin Rudd was elected as Prime Minister 16 years ago, Labor is in control in every state and territory on mainland Australia, leaving Tasmania... And it's in power, of course, at a federal level. So, you know, we like the Labor Party right now, don't we? It looks that way right now. I mean, part of these things are historical trends and, you know, old governments being sort of moved on and new governments coming in. But I think that there is also something more about the way the Labor Party is talking about issues that really matter to people, particularly around things like cost of living. Inflation running between 7 and 8%, with small businesses struggling to meet their bills, with many people across New South Wales uh, having massive difficulty with the health and education system. The people of this state wanted answers and solutions to the problems facing them right now. Is that because, what, voters trust the Labor Party more when it comes to cost of living issues? They think Labor does, what, a better job at making their lives easier in terms of the bottom line? Yeah. Historically, over time, there's been this tendency to see that voters believe Labor Party does better on social policy issues and the coalition does better on economic policy issues. That's kind of been consistent, you know, public attitude polling for a really long time. Even if we've seen this kind of shift around who, you know, who might manage the economy better, when you start asking people about who do we think is going to take care of my bottom line and make sure that there's a, you know, a safety net and make sure that, um, you know, affordable housing is part of their, their policy approach and so on, then there kind of tends to be a shift. But also really importantly, what party do they think is going to provide uh, you know, extensive services. Like I think health and education were also a part of what was happening in the state election and that would have been really important uh, for younger generations too. The party's election campaign under Mr Min's leadership was compact with a focus on core values, education. There's no machine that you can build that can replace a great educator. Bolstering health. We are going to look after the people that look after you and standing firm on anti-privatisation. Essential infrastructure should be owned by the taxpayers of this state. Yeah, OK, so I want to unpack with you what is going on in the minds of voters. We know, don't we, historically, that older people, older Australians, are more likely to be conservative voters. It's one of the key features of how our elections have worked in Australia. Yes, I think that that tendency for older voters to vote more conservatively over time and consistently is important. 
The other thing with older generations is they tend to vote the same way their whole lives in that they are what we would consider to be rusted on voters. They have a strong sense of identification with that party and it's both the Liberal Party and importantly in regional and rural Australia, the National Party as well. What we see with new people coming into the electorate, which is both younger people, but also, um, you know, a sizable immigrant population also becoming part of the electorate, they're not rusted on voters and they probably will never be rusted on. They're sort of there to, um, you know, pick and choose what party really appeals to them or is responding to the things that matter to them. So I think that contrast between older and younger, but between rusted on and those, what we might call them as softly committed voters or swinging voters, um, is really important too. Now, this time the, the so-called seats uh, where the Teals are having a... It's also Sydney voters. Sydney voters are changing. We saw that in the federal election with the, you know, the North Shore kind of safe Liberal seats going um, independent or to the Teals for the first time. In wealthy parts of Sydney, the sweeping sentiment for change was similar. Traditional Liberal heartland again overwhelmed. Some of the coalition's most outspoken moderate men are now gone, replaced with moderate women independent of the major parties. But then we're also seeing it outside of Sydney too. You know, the coalition has a lot of fires going on right now. So when they do their introspection about how they're going to rebuild their base, it is going to be complicated for them because they need to kind of recapture those traditional places in, in rural New South Wales that have gone independent just as much as they need to recapture the inner city seats and those seats, um, you know, all of those seats around North Sydney and the harbour as well. So there are different issues going on. They have to listen to people more. And I think that's part of what they haven't really done is they haven't really demonstrated how they kind of build up their base, how they listen to what people are really concerned about right now. There's not a lot of evidence that they listen to young people and kind of understand the massive generational changes that are going on for Australian young people right now as well. And I think it is because the coalition has to manage both the social conservatives and the more economic conservatives in their party as well and in their voter base. Mm, what does what does that mean? Kind of means that climate change is is important to a lot of people and it is kind of important to the way they think about sort of forward-looking Australia. You know, the sort of social conservatism, probably also uh, a lot of the sort of you know, religious rhetoric, which we didn't really see in the election campaign, but has been there at other kinds of moments as well. Even the kind of opposition that we're seeing to uh, the voice right now as well. It's kind of the majority of Australians are kind of happy to back these kinds of big progressive changes. Mm, so the coalition, it needs to really have a rethink about its messaging, about if it's listening. There's a bit of soul-searching that needs to go on here. And we've seen during this fallout from the New South Wales election similar arguments that we saw after the federal election about which direction the coalition should be going in. Because there's some people, like political commentator, for instance, Peter Credlin, she says the party should move further to the right, become more conservative. That's, in her view, what needs to happen. Repeated experience shows you don't win elections by mimicking the other side. You win elections by creating a contest, by showing voters how things would be different and better 
Under while the, others, of course, argue the complete opposite, that they need to be much more moderate. The brand is suffering and it is seen by many people, many younger people, and I say younger, I mean sort of people under 50, and by women more so than men as not representing them any longer. And that, of course, is why you had the... So there's a lot at play there, isn't there, for the coalition to consider? Yeah, there is a lot at play. It's hard probably if you look at consistent sort of public opinion evidence over time on a lot of the core issues, particularly those sort of culture wars issues, it's hard to see how Australia is going to go further right on those kinds of issues. It's not, we're not the USA. We don't have those kinds of, you know, we, we can see some um, loud and angry people on the streets at the moment and we saw it in the last couple of weeks. Why don't you go away? But we don't have that polarisation to the same extent as the USA. It would be really hard for the um, Conservatives to get a real a base from going far right in that kind of way. Yeah, so probably not a, not a good idea. That sort of Trump uh, politics no. doesn't really work here. The Democrat Party has been completely taken over by socialist Marxists and far-left extremists. Or even, or even the one-nation kind of um, politics that we've been seeing. Yeah. Because the Libs and the National Party are too gutless to oppose it, and those uh, that are just basically on left-leaning, belonging to the work side, won't stand up for your rights. The coalition need to kind of figure out well, where is you know their sort of right of centre uh, base and how they speak to people there and also how they really focus on the kinds of different issues. I mean, when you talk about an issue like housing, housing and affordable housing doesn't resonate with people who already have secure housing. And so like a large part of the base of Liberal Party voters already who are older people, you know, they have secure housing. But if you want to attract younger voters who are finding, particularly in New South Wales, particularly in Sydney, impossible to find a house to rent, let alone to be able to save the money for a deposit to get a mortgage, those sorts of issues are going to be, I think, really important ones for them to figure out and balance over time as well. Mm, so, Ariadne, I mean, how long do you think that this shift will last for, that voters, you know, are turning their backs in big numbers uh, from the coalition. Elections come along pretty quickly in this country. And anything can happen because things are really context-specific. Mm. Somewhere like Queensland could change again really quickly because they've had a Labor government for quite a long time. It's still too close to call at present, but I'm very hopeful that we will be able to form government in this... <laughs> Mm, it's an interesting shift in how we think about politics and then how we vote. And I guess yes. one of the lessons is political parties need to stay on their toes. Yeah, they do. It's very, when you've got this sort of a whole lot of the electorate not being rusted on voters anymore and not seeing themselves, you know, they weren't born into a Labor family or born into a Liberal or National Party family and don't vote that same way, they're going to be much more issue specific. So they are looking at issues that really matter and resonate to them. They're um, looking at how leaders present themselves and talk to them. So I think the takeout is, is it's hard being in government these days. Um, it's hard actually trying to, you know, meet everybody's needs, but it's really important that governments learn how to listen and learn how to engage with people as well and to make people feel like they're being responded to. 
Dr Ariadne Vroman is a professor of public administration at the Crawford School at the Australian National University. Queensland, the Northern Territory and the ACT are due for elections next year. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.